listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. Tanner, so much has gone on, I feel like, in this past week since we talked last. There's a lot to cover today. It's good to be here with you. How are you doing, man? Uh, Not that great. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback of my favorite team retired, so it's tough. Not ideal, obviously, right? Obviously, it was a little bit of a stressful situation. Right? We find out on Saturday it might be happening, then it's denied up until Tuesday when Tom yeah. comes out and obviously, you know, says it. But I can only imagine for you. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that I was, was just the- like, <laughs> they were tugging at my heartstrings all week. And I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, it is. Uh, but obviously, we got to start out with that. You know, Brady, Brady's official retirement. That brings another question for the Buccaneer fan in Tanner File. What's next for Tampa Bay? You know, what is next? After having you know back-to-back years with Super Bowl aspirations, what's next for this team? Then we got to break down the great games we watched over the weekend. The Bengals take down Kansas City. I've never been happier being wrong. Uh, so we got to break down the Bengals win. What was the biggest factor in Cincinnati making it to the Super Bowl? And finally, the Rams get past the 49ers. They're now one and six in their last seven games against St. France. So finally got that win. And we got to try to go down. on seven. Yeah, they, they tried. Matthew Stafford <laughs> nearly did it for him, right? So we got to break down Stafford making it to his first Super Bowl. And then what's next for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because more than likely played his last game as a 49er. Break down some other situations uh, that, he, that he might be going, sort of stuff that he might fit into. Then the second half of the show, Tanner, finally, there's some awesome you know, news going on, some really exciting stuff going on in the NBA. Yeah, the NFL is so crazy, but – the NBA doesn't sleep either. The 76ers are off to a pretty crazy start to the season here, about half over halfway, halfway. through, and they've yeah. they haven't had Ben Simmons at all, and they're still competing for the one seed in the East. And in that Eastern Conference, who isn't competing? It's loaded. We're going to talk about whether or not we think it's better than the Western Conference. Might be. Might, might be for sure. It's close, man. It's close. And then to wrap up the show, Casey's guy, Andrew Wiggins, elected way, to, to a all as an all-star starter. We're gonna talk about whether or not he is deserving of that title. He's uh he's caught some hate. You know, he's caught some hate recently. Uh, I got I gotta defend my guy two-way wig at the end of the show. Stick around for the entire thing today, guys. There's a lot we're gonna break down. But Tanner, let's start with your guy. The GOAT has walked away. From football, it's officially official. I know, like I said on Saturday, you know, the report comes out that he's going to retire. Then it just just gets denied for several days until he comes out on Tuesday. Yes, confirming I am retiring. So it was a little confusing, a little anticlimactic by the time he came out and, and announced it. Uh, but Tanner, 
your guy, Tom Brady, it's official, walking away from the NFL. Before we really dive into it, how are you feeling, man? I know he's like your favorite player of all time, right? So how are you feeling? Yeah, uh, he's my favorite athlete ever. Uh, I've never rooted for anyone harder than Tom Brady. Plus, he was the quarterback for my team, so it was just like a, it was just like a cool experience to have my favorite player, favorite player, play the end of his career with my favorite team. And they said it was a two-year deal from the start, so that's kind of what I was expecting. Obviously, he had one of the best years of his entire career this season, and played great. Could have came back in my eyes and had another season at that caliber again as an MVP candidate. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so weird that he's walking away right now at the top of his game. And he's got a good kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. The bucks have a good rust. They could, <laughs> they could run it back for one more year and try again. Yeah. But now that Tom Brady walks away, obviously I'm sad that we're not going to be able to see, Tom Brady play anymore. I've watched him my entire life and I'm a huge football fan. But we're both in our 20s. Like we haven't known the NFL. We haven't known a life in football without Tom Brady. This is new. This is a brand new experience for us, at least. You know? Yeah, exactly. You have to be like fairly like there are full blown adults that have never seen NFL games without Tom Brady. So crazy, man. It's hard to wrap your head around, but at the same time, you wonder if dude's 44, nearly 45 years old. He's not going to play forever. He's got seven rings. What does he have to prove? He's got seven championships already. Exactly. He has nothing left to prove to anybody, especially, you know, in the NFL. Right. So it does make sense. It's definitely super, you know, upsetting because he's going to get MVP votes this year. Let me read you a quick I, – I was reading through his big announcement, his big post and stuff, and I read this little clip, and I'm like, that's Tanner Fire. That reminds me exactly of my guy Tanner. So let me break it down real quick. So a quote from Tom in his, in his release. Ready? So to all the Bucks fans, thank you. I didn't know what to expect when I arrived here, but your support and embrace have enriched my life and that of my families. I have been honored to play for, for such a passionate and fun fan base i'm like man that that you know he's talking about tanner right now right so i figured you get a kick out of that you know what are your thoughts though man like what uh, honestly before i ask you that what's your favorite tom you said you've been following him your whole career he's, you know he's your favorite player of all time what's your favorite tom brady memory or give me a couple of them if you, if you can't narrow it down to just one what do you think of when Tom Brady comes to mind? Is it the 28 to three comeback? You know, the championship was with Tampa. What's going on? Yeah. I think of six Super Bowl game winning drives. That's just an incredible stat by its own. The only one, the only Super Bowl that he won that wasn't a late game drive to win was the Bucks game against the Chiefs last Blowout year. Too, all six right? for the Patriots <laughs> were game winning drives. All six of them are legendary in their own right. But right. the twenty-eight to three is incredible. That's one of the coolest. If you just want to throw on a YouTube video, you throw on the twenty-eight to three comeback and just see how unlikely it was. It's just incredible. And then, selfishly, the NFC Championship against the Packers last year, I thought 
Tom Brady made big throws when it mattered. The deep ball to Scotty Miller in the conference championship to end the first half is like one of my favorite football moments. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss him. I bet you are more than most. You're definitely going to be missing that guy out there. For me, my favorite Tom Brady memory, obviously you can say the 28-3 to comeback. That's like the most legendary thing that I think of. Obviously the six-game winning drives in the Super Bowl. That's a big one too, obviously, right? But for me, I'm going more of a personal side more. You know, here recently, when he, when you guys just won the championship last year, I know you remember this. They're on the boats. They're celebrating just after the parade and stuff. And Tom throws the trophy to another ship, right? And he's absolutely hammered at this point in time, right? Who knows how many drinks Tom Brady has had. So I love seeing the personal side there. Like, hey, Tom Brady is human. Like, he does stupid stuff like we do as well. Like, he's not just a cyborg out there, you know, playing football. So, I, I love that. And then more on a personal, emotional level, here recently, here recently, I know I know you probably know the story as well, the kid uh, that beat brain cancer that he's kind of been talking with, he sent him personalized videos and even got him and his family, you know, Super Bowl tickets for this. Obviously, time's not going to be there. That's, that's a little disappointing for him. But we know how expensive Super Bowl t- the cheapest one right now is like seven, six thousand dollars at this point in time, right? So a little bit of technical difficulties there. We are back and better nonetheless. But as I was saying, the cheapest Super Bowl ticket is like six thousand dollars right now, six, seven thousand. So the fact that they and they probably got better tickets than nosebleeds, I would assume, right? Yeah, so I would the fact imagine. the fact that they got him tickets to the Super Bowl, personalized videos, he credits Tom Brady for helping him beat cancer, the motivation, you know, to help him beat brain cancer. Right. So I I love those two stories. It just shows the personal side to Tom. And I have not been a Tom Brady fan my entire life. It's only been the past several years, honestly, since he stuck it to to New England and went to Tampa, honestly, that's really when I, you know, we started to see the personal side, the cool side to Tom. Right. So those are my two favorite stories. Uh, It's just crazy that he's done. It's, it's just like we are yeah. never going to see like when, like when you saw that last touchdown pass to Mike Evans against the Rams, that's the last touchdown pass you're going to see Tom Brady throw. Crazy. And, and Mike Evans gave that ball away. <laughs> he, he threw, he he threw 710 of them. You know, he, Mike Evans yeah. gave the ball <laughs> to a fan. So Brady's not even going to be able to have the, you know, the, the last ball, you know, he, he threw a touchdown with obviously, but either way, uh, you know, he's all we've known pretty much our, our whole lives watching football. Let's get to the statistical side of it, though, right? Because the greatest, in my opinion, I think you would agree, the undisputed greatest player of all time in my eyes has got to be, as far as the NFL goes, you could say Jerry Rice, sure. I'm saying it's Tom Brady. All yeah, I think it's Tom Brady. Definitely the best quarterback. It's not close. Oh, not even close. Exactly that, right? But, like, the fact that he walks away, he could have been the MVP this year. He threw for and you know led the league in touchdowns, led the league in yards. But as far as all-time NFL records, there's a long list there too that he's walking away from. You know, yeah, it's some of the most impressive records you can think of. Like he has all the big ones, playoffs and regular season combined. The guy threw 710 touchdowns. That's he has 90, more than me. He has 97,569 yards. Oh That's almost 100,000 yards between regular season and postseason. Imagine how many, how many, you know, fields that is. You know, I, I, I want someone needs to figure that out. How many, how many, uh, how many football fields that is? 95,000 yards. Holy crap. 97. And then I see. 
Oh, 97. My bad. Oh, my gosh. Obviously, though, most completions ever as well. Most Super Bowl wins ever. Dude has more Super Bowl wins than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he has seven Super Bowl rings. The Patriots have six because of Tom Brady. The and Bill Super Belichick. Have six. Some Two. are Belichick Super Bowls. Yeah. Some are Tom's. Like the one against the Rams when like they held the Rams like three or what, six points, whatever it was. Obviously, that's more. I mean, Tom had the game-winning drive. You give that to him there, too. But the defense holding that offense, which dropped 50 points earlier that season against the Kansas City Chiefs, holding them to six points. That's a Bill Belichick, you know, work of art right there. But obviously, you're not getting it done if Tom doesn't go down there and, and, and win the game, obviously, right? So he deserves some credit. But, all you know, most, if not all, of these quarterback records belong to Tom Brady, right? And it's hard to say any guy in the, in the foreseeable future is going to be able. Obviously, there's an extra game now. People are going to break records a little bit easier and stuff, but they're going to be there for a while. Yeah. Uh, maybe the passing yards record gets broken, but like for regular season, his regular season stats at some point will be broken. Yeah. But yeah. to touch his postseason stats, your career would just have to go away. You have, that you have to play in no that many playoff games. Has. Yeah. Had, no one's playing that much. He had what nineteen winning seasons? When did the playoffs? Nineteen. I, I, I saw that the seasons that he played in, he never had a losing yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, he never has had a losing season. Never had a, that. That's the definition of a winner. Career. Okay, that's fair. He also, yeah, both guys also had legendary coaches. You know, very, very good coaches alongside of him, obviously, right? But yeah, not to compare guys like Roethlisberger and Brady by any means, right? But two legendary. Hey, talking about Ben. How about upstage? Yeah, he's gonna get uh, <laughs> overshadowed in Canton a little bit, I think. That's tough. I saw the the first time of the first year Brady's allowed to go when it's like twenty twenty seven or something like that. And so it's I, gonna be like four or five years until he. Can I get imagine in. Gronk will also go in because like. Oh yeah, I you're probably gonna lose Gronk too. Gronk's probably gonna retire too. So okay, we talked about Tom. That's phenomenal. Uh. I, we got to move on, though, and talk about what's next for this Tampa Bay Buck team, right? So you're losing your quarterback. Gronk more than likely going to retire as well. You're going to need to fill in at that, at that position. As a Bucks fan, you know, what's the route that they take? How are you guys feeling about what's next? Uh, we're worried. I'm very, very worried. Oh, we suck again. Is that, is that yeah, kind of what's going exactly. on? <laughs> the water boy. Because we do have so many free agents, and now that we don't have Tom Brady – do these guys leave? Do they come back for something that's unknown? That's because that's hard to sign up for that, man. Because, it is. Yeah, because who's going to know who's going to be our starting quarterback? It might be a while until we know that. Kyle so, Trask. So whenever you got guys, whenever you got guys like Colin Davis and Ryan Jensen and Chris Godwin, guys that Leonard Fournette, guys that you want to sign back, are they going to be willing to come in not knowing? That the quarterback is locked down. That's why they went. Through, that's, that's why they're still playing there, right? That's why Leonard Fournette. That's why all these guys. That's why Godwin was probably obviously they tagged him. Not, not much you can do about it, right? But that's why he was okay with it because you're coming back and, and you and you know you have a chance at winning it all when that guy's under center, you know. And that and that's not the case anymore. So I don't think I don't think you guys drop off the face of the earth by any means. You're still going to be a competitive team. That defense. You didn't drop off too much by any means. And then offensively, you still have Mike Evans. You still have that offensive line. But you got to get quarter the quarterback right. 
That is, that's what it comes down to. That's the most yeah. important. Don't would you agree? That's, that's the most important move. You yeah, know, absolutely. Obviously, you could be losing both. Uh, you probably won't lose both your coordinators, but it's still up in the air. You know, who's going to get which job, stuff like that. A lot of moving pieces for Tampa right now. Yeah, there's a good chance at least we're going to lose Byron Leftwich. I don't know about Todd Bowles, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, if there's a lot of unknown, obviously, I want Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you would want Aaron Rodgers, like, like you would, you would want him. I mean, obviously, he's gonna be the MVP, probably. No, I know how good he is, but like, I just know how we personally feel about the Packers and a guy like that. You know, I can get over it if he's. Oh, I bet you'd get over it real quick. (laughs) I bet you get over that real quick for sure. Um, and I know we we like Aaron. I, I already like Aaron a little bit more than I did prior because of what he's doing in Green Bay, you know, kind of sticking it to him. Not a fan of that franchise whatsoever. Obviously, as a Cowboy fan, you guys all understand why. Uh, but right now, Tanner, what's your gut? Who is week one starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We'll talk about it as, this, as the offseason goes. Is it Kyle Trask or the field? Are we thinking like a Garoppolo? I, mean, I definitely think it's the field. Uh I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. Yeah, okay. You're swinging for the fences there, my man. This guy's open for a freaking home run. Uh, I am going to bet it's either Jameis Winston, he comes back to town, or maybe like a Garoppolo Bridgewater-esque. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I hope not. <laughs> man, hey, as a Cowboy fan, though, I'll tell you this. Aaron Rodgers might be leaving Green Bay. Obviously, Tom Brady no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It's sweet out here in the NFC. Obviously, you yeah, need to get past Patrick Mahomes, Josh <laughs> Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I think Aaron could be going to the AFC as well. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's nice out here in the NFC. Obviously, you got to get out of round one first. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd definitely rather be in, in that conference than, than the latter. But it's tough, man. It's tough. It's We're going to miss him. He's you know, legendary all time. Question though, I know we were talking about this off mic. Top three all time sports athlete for sure. Tom Brady has to be top three, least yeah. worst case scenario. Yeah, I think so. I think he's definitely the best athlete of our lifetime. Yes. Like, like mine and yours because definitely. we didn't see Jordan play. We didn't see Wayne Gretzky play. And I feel like those are the only guys that you can argue are in the same vicinity as Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are the big three. And yeah, I have a statement I want to make. So the NHL, whenever they inducted Wayne Gretzky, they bypassed the five years that you have to sit out. Really? Inducted him immediately. Then you gotta do that for Tom. Yeah, you should do that for Tom Brady. Yeah, I would do that. No doubt. No doubt. But again, it's the NFL. Do we really expect them to go out of their way to do anything? <laughs> Honestly, no. I do not. This has got those same refs in there that everyone's complaining about every single week, right? So I'm not expecting any big move or anything. But that is a uh, that's an that's an interesting point. And if anyone deserves it, it's 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 that guy right there. But yeah, we're gonna miss him. The game's gonna miss him. Tanner's definitely gonna miss him next season. Uh, but let's move on. Okay, let's move on. We ripped the Band-Aid off. All the, all the tears are out. You know, let's move on and talk about the games over the weekend. We'll start with the big one, the most entertaining one in my eyes. I think you would agree with me. The Bengals take down Kansas City. I know both games went right down to the wire. But the 
Cincinnati stunned the world. Man, I said it earlier, I've never been happier being wrong. Never been happier. What they won 27 to 24. At one point, though, it looked like it was over. It was 21 to 3. People are saying, oh, it's a route by Kansas City. They're going to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Not if Joe Shiesty, as you and I call him, has anything to say about it, man. So what what, what were your first you know, initial thoughts watching Cincinnati make it to their first Super Bowl? And I think 33 years, I think I saw. Yeah, that sounds right. I think they played the 49ers that year. Oh, that's nuts. <laughs> Almost a repeat. Almost. But so the the Bengals are getting driven on at the end of the first half. It's 21 to 3, like you said. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, tw- yeah, 21 to 3. They're getting driven on. They get the ball, goal to go, and they get no points there. Ooh. And they could have been up 28 3 going into the half. Instead, they go in 21 3, and they never recover from not getting points right there. They had a terrible second half. They had three points after halftime. Three points. Yeah, it's at the and it's at the end of the game. They were outscored because, because so, you got stopped again on the goal line. Exactly, exactly. Multiple times where you could have had points. Which who's to say if you score on one or even you know obviously both maybe they want to win the game but even I mean, one of those possessions. Yeah, but say if they score and, and actually score. They, they might end up winning that ball game ultimately, right? I know Andy Reid came out and said, hey, I should have called better plays, yada, 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 whatever the case may be. They outscored the, the Cincinnati 21-3 to to start the game, then got outscored 24-3 to for the remainder of the ball game. Exactly kind of what happened the last time that they played. You know, since they started slow, it was all, um, all KC in the first half. And I honestly didn't think it was possible – for that to repeat itself, but that's exactly what happened. Despite also, let's talk about this, Kansas City, they had a chance to win the game in overtime. They started with the ball. Yeah, and everyone was complaining about the overtime rules last week. They were, <laughs> yeah. they, were real, they were real quiet this week whenever the team that got the ball went, what, did they go three and out? I, I believe they went three and out, yeah. yeah and they gave it up out, right away. And then they go come down, they score. Yeah, dude, they, there was a couple of big plays, boom. Within two plays, they're in the field goal range. People are saying, man, I cannot believe Cincinnati is going to pull this off. That's exactly what happened, right? So let's talk about Mahomes and, and, and Kansas City a little bit more before we talk a little more about the Bengals, right? So Kansas City, like I said, three points in the second half. And if you're if you solely watch the first half and turn it off, you saw Patrick Mahomes play great. He had a great first half. Yeah, he was incredible. 18 of 21 at one point. Mahomes completion was 18 of 21. Know how he finished the game, Tanner? 26 of 39. Okay. He had five. I'm sorry, 18. Sorry, he had, he had eight more completions for the for the remainder of the game after having 18 in the first half. Ooh. Ooh, that is a that's a choke job, man. And, and and the offense that they have, the weapons that they have, especially after the catch, two of the best guys at their position after the catch, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but you know, definitely for sure. And you still can't get more than three points, and that came at the end of regulation. So for the majority of the second half, they got shut out. So 
in your eyes, do you think it was more of a choke job or just Cincinnati's defense stepping up and Joe Burrow taking it, you know, taking advantage of the situation? I'm about a 50-50 split. About a, maybe maybe yeah. a 60-40 choke job. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. I would say it's a, it's more of a choke job just because they were up so big and they had the ball goal to go, goal to go twice. Didn't they start with it in the second half too. Yeah, they started with the ball in the second half too. Mm. Insane, man! They, they had so many opportunities to get. Yeah, and they just they just didn't play their best football game, and the Bengals never gave up. They didn't hear no bell. No, nah, exactly. And then I heard the reports, right? They're going into halftime. And apparently they had no doubts that they were going to come back and win that game. No one was the, frazzled. No the one game was changed off. on that Eli Apple tackle right by yeah. the goal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it, it was, it was huge. And we thought going, you know, going back to earlier this year, going back, even, you know, to the start of the posting, we thought this was a rebuild year for this Bengal team. Yeah. They had yeah. Joe Burrow. That was, you know, it's nice going and getting Jamar chase, but we thought that defense is still miles away. That offensive line is so bad. There's no way they can have any success. And here we are looking like some fools. They are in the super bowl. It is the Bengals are in the super bowl, Tanner. Yeah. yeah so like, weird. <laughs> you have to wrap your mind around that. Joe Burrow can win the super bowl and his second season playing. No, no, this makes me think of two things. Actually, there are two things. First, He's putting all the other young quarterbacks around his age in his class on check. Talking about Herbert, talking about Tua, uh, talking about Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence as well. Guys all around them saying, hey, I won with less. I won with less. So a lot of – I know the defense is playing phenomenal, you know, lately and especially here in the postseason – but, he, you know, those other quarterbacks, maybe got to step it up a little bit. Joe's kind of showing, you know, you know what what it should be, what the standard – is that the new standard? You know, go to the Super Bowl <laughs> in, your, in your second season, right? So he's showing those guys up. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. With Tom out of the picture now, not going to – you know, not, not to make you sad. Tom's out – he's retired, Tanner, okay? Move on. Get over it. Uh, where does Burrow rank? As far as top quarterback, is he top five? Is he top three? He's not number one. We can't put him at number one quite yet, you know. Let's see how he does in the Super Bowl. But where is he ranking as far as quarterbacks? At the start of the season, we're saying, okay, maybe he's top 10, 12. Uh, Quite the jump, though, I would say he's made. Yeah, I would say Rodgers and Mahomes are number one and number two. Yeah, I I agree. those, Those guys are on a... Separate tier. Then I would say Josh Allen is number three. Mm-hmm. And then right at number four, I'd probably Joe. Without thinking about it too hard, I would have to say Joe Burrow. Then maybe we're getting into Deshaun's not playing, so we're not counting him, obviously, until he's back on the field. We can't bring his name up as far as rankings go. But then maybe we're going Lamar at number five. Maybe then we're talking Herbert uh, around six, Matthew Stafford, maybe around seven, stuff like that. But I, I put Burrow. <laughs> Lamar's an MVP, so but but he's never been to the Super Bowl. He's never yeah. beaten, he has not beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. You know, so we gotta give Burrow the nod there. He's been a big factor, and and he played super well to finish that game. Mahomes shrunk. Burrow did nothing but elevate his game. And yeah, he was just better. breaking sacks. <laughs> yeah, just like dude. getting his helmet ripped off. Keep he running. He was only sacked like, one time. Mahomes yeah. was sacked four times. And who is the better offensive line? Definitely Kansas City. So it, it was crazy. It's crazy. He's in the top three to five. Uh, we'll, we'll put him at four. 
I'm cool putting him four, maybe five. If you're higher on Lamar, I'm not going to, I'm a big Lamar guy myself. So I'm not going to, you know, heart, you know uh, harp on about it too much, but he's elevated his game and now is in that upper tier of quarterbacks. And we'll see what he can do on the biggest stage possible. Right. But up until this point, especially in the playoffs, he's been great. Yeah. Like absolutely incredible run that I don't think anyone really saw coming. I didn't see anybody predicting the Bengals win the AFC. No, man, not, not a single person out there pretty much. Right. But uh, one, one big thing I, I, I regretted picking Kansas city as soon as I picked them. And we're not doing Super Bowl picks yet on this week. We have a whole nother week before we're going to do our Super Bowl picks. But I'm not sure I can bet against Joe and that Cincinnati crew anymore. I'm, I, it's, it's really tough. I'm, I'm really excited for that matchup, what that's going to look like in L.A. Talking about L.A., though, let's move on and talk about the other game happening on Sunday night. The Rams finally got past the Niners. Like I said, they're one and six in their last seven games against San Fran. Finally getting that monkey off your back, if you will. But Tanner, before this year, right, Matthew Stafford hadn't won a single playoff game. And now he's taking the LA Rams to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's crazy where a year can take you and what going in and getting that quarterback can take you. We saw Brady last year. We saw Matthew Stafford this year. Is that going to be a trend that we continue to see? These Where's teams Aaron going to go? These teams are contenders going to go and make a huge run and try to build this roster to win right now. Right, right. kind of seems like a trend the way it's going. But he didn't play great. I'm not going to act like he was the MVP of the game. Obviously, yeah. Cooper Cup. I want to ask you a question about Cooper Cup. Is okay. he the best receiver in football? I think he is. I think he is. Looking at the stats, he had better stats than Devontae Adams this year. He's He's been huge in pretty much every big game that they've needed him. He has shown up. I am fine putting him at the very top of the list. Fine with it. He's the offensive player of the year this year. Yeah. In my eyes, in our eyes, right? So, I think he's the best receiver in football. Uh, obviously, him and Debo Samuel on opposite ends. I think those were the two best weapons in football this season. Right? Yeah, 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 probably. Before Derrick Henry goes down. You know, he goes down, obviously, missed half the year, right? It wasn't himself when he came back, obviously. So, yeah, back to Stafford. 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns, only one interception. Could have been two. Yeah. Could have if been Tart, two. If Tart <laughs> catches that ball, 49ers Brian Super Bowl. Yeah, more than likely. It's hard to come back from that in the fourth quarter, and that would have been his second turnover of the game, obviously. So we, we could be sitting here having a completely different conversation about Matthew Stafford if he actually pulls in that ball. But props to him. I saw his post-game conference a little hard on himself. He said the loss is 100% on him. If he catches that ball, they win the game, which we say could definitely happen. But I love a player going out there, no excuses, saying, hey, I dropped it, should have made it. We need more guys like that in sports. But it's crazy, man. Talking about the Rams, too. Let me, let me know. What you think about this? They remind me as if I was playing Madden franchise mode, right? You're playing Madden franchise mode. You're trading all your picks. Like, hey, you know, who knows what I'm getting in the draft? I'm going to go get Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go get Von Miller. I'm going to go get Jalen Ramsey. Oh, I'm going to go pick up Odell Beckham Jr. This is a, this is a franchise team, man. This, this got to be. 
in my eyes. And now yeah, they're in the Super Bowl. They, they fantasy drafted or something. <laughs> exactly. I was like, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, hey, this team was built for Madden. Uh, but you know, they've they've been mocked several times. You have no picks, you're giving away all your stuff for these players, obviously, right? But hey, look at them now playing a home Super Bowl. It's crazy. Back to back seasons, you know, the first two times mm-hmm. ever, teams are playing home Super Bowls. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is strange. That really hoping they, they that Super Bowls in Dallas. <laughs> Maybe we can make it three years in a row. Let's move it to let's move it to Dallas next year. Either way, uh, let's. Uh, so that's that's is it the in Vegas Rams. next year. I think it is in Vegas. That, that's you know they just moved. Obviously, all, all the big flashy. It might be. I could be wrong, but that's the first one. If, if to it's mind. not in Vegas, it's in Vegas the year after. Yeah, it's coming up within the next several years. Yeah, it's going to Las Vegas. But for the 49ers, right? They, you know, they came out and and, and said Garoppolo that they're going to be working with Garoppolo to find him a new home, you know, a new team to play with. He's come out and said, "Hey, I just want to go to a place where I can compete, similar to where he is now." What do you think about this? I think that last game pretty much summed up Garoppolo. Pretty well. Like that is kind of who Garoppolo is in that last game. My takeaway. You know, we saw yeah, some I, nice moments, some limitations, that late interception to lose the game. Classic Garoppolo, right? What are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a game where he had his team in a position to win. And he, it wasn't really that he was the reason. He doesn't no. play. He plays – Usually within a certain limitation, and he's good in that role. Right. And whenever he right goes outside of it, you worry. And that's been the case his entire career. And that'll probably continue to be the case. He's going to have he suitors, next. though. Yeah, People are gonna want because it. he's better than a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. He did just help. Them. Obviously, you just said it. He isn't the reason. But he, he helped get him to an NFC title game. He got him to a Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. He's a winner. You can't say he, he is a winning player, right? And, hey, what other backup quarterback did Tom Brady want traded? None. <laughs> okay, so, you know, he felt something there. Garoppolo can definitely play. As far as teams he can go to, I think Washington makes a lot of sense. They've been, you know, pretty you know up and down. They've been – pretty bad at the quarterback spot here recently. I think he makes he's, – he's definitely an upgrade. Heineke played pretty good this year, don't get me wrong, but definitely an upgrade there. So I'm watching Washington. I'm watching your Tampa Bay Buccaneers even. I hope not. <laughs> I think it's a chance. I definitely think there's a chance that he ends up on Tampa Bay. Again, not huge chances because you're probably going to have to give up a, a second or a first-round pick in order to get him, and there's no way if I'm Tampa I'd do that for Jimmy Garoppolo, but – I don't know. What, what, what are some teams you're eyeballing? Pittsburgh, maybe, but I think they yeah, I mean, be, we'll see. Pitt, Pittsburgh makes sense. Uh, like you said, Washington makes sense. Maybe like a Carolina or yeah, he's better than Darnold. He's definitely yeah. better than Sam Darnold. There's I mean, there's a lot of teams that don't have the greatest quarterback situation, but a lot of teams have young guys that they're willing to roll with over Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Right. Rightfully. So you want to build up your guy and develop him and stuff into your system for sure. But teams that want to win now, I think I said, Washington, Pittsburgh, maybe you throw Denver in there, but yeah, 
if if Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold got second chances, you know, you got you know, it may be Garoppolo's third chance, maybe because it's third team, but Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely gonna have some teams wanting him this offseason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anytime you can get a starting caliber quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna bring in money, you're gonna get some suitors. Exactly. So that that's Garoppolo on the other side. Trey Lance, who sat for most this year, obviously looks like he uh, is going to be and should be quarterback one going forward. Right, you drafted him what third overall last season. You moved up to get him. They obviously have a super capable and in a deep roster, a great situation for him. But let's see if they can you know put him in the right spots and let's see if they take a step forward or a step back. You know, it's either going to be, you know, a step forward with, with an upgrade at the position or maybe, you know, a young guy. Maybe we don't see the success they had this past year, you know? Yeah, I I still think the 49ers can be just as good with Trey Lance as they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a higher ceiling, I would say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for Jimmy sure. Garoppolo, right? You can definitely do more with the football. And it's not right? like Jimmy Garoppolo takes incredible care of the ball. No, rather, uh, I don't want to say inconsistent, but yeah, you know, inconsistent is kind of the word and very injury prone. That dude's always getting hurt. It seems like every single season that guy's getting injured, right? So we'll see what happens. Trey Lance is and should be the guy moving forward. But Tanner, we got two teams left. We got Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams in LA. Just as everyone predicted to start exactly. the Exactly. That was mine. You know, I picked the Bengals to win it all, obviously. Uh, but all kidding aside, our predictions for the Super Bowl will be coming on next week's show. Uh, could be looking looking back as far as our, our preseason predictions as well. So next week's show, all that and more. But Tanner, it's cool with you. Let's take a break and come back and talk about my favorite league, the NBA. Talk about Ben, or sorry, the uh, Joel Embiid, the 76ers. Are they wasting the best season of Joel Embiid's career by not trading Ben Simmons? We will answer that after the break. Uh, Casey and Tanner, we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, let's transition and talk about what's going on in the NBA. The season continues to ramp up. We're just a little bit over a week away from the trading deadline. I think that's on February 10th, and we're getting closer and closer to All-Star Weekend, uh, All-Star Games on February 20th, right? So we're getting closer and closer to these two big events. The season is really starting to ramp up. One thing, though, Tanner, that's been pretty consistent this year you know, as far as topics in the NBA is the 76ers and Ben Simmons. Obviously, he hasn't played a single game for them this year. And let me tell you this. I found out how much he's been fined. About $19 million. Ben Simmons he has broke been too? He just signed a max contract. <laughs> okay, so he's got money coming in. But I, I'm not sure if they're paying. A, either way, he must have some money in the bank because he's paid around $20 million in fines for half the season and it's not looking like anything's going to change if he is not traded and yet without his second best player Joel Embiid is having maybe it's not a coincidence <laughs> okay maybe it's not a coincidence but he's having his best season of his career he's my MVP at this point in time 29 points per game that's tied for the most in the league also his career high about 11 rebounds 
four assists, also a career high, and he's shooting 49% from the floor, 36 from three as over a seven-footer, and over 80% from the free throw line. He's efficient on all three levels. Plays defense. Oh, yeah. Could be people are going to say he could be the defensive player of the year. He's always in the running for that conversation. He's not going to win it this year by any means, but he's always in that conversation as far as one of the best defenders in the league. And the 76ers, Tanner, you know probably better than I do because you're in the Eastern Conference and your Milwaukee Bucks. They are third in the East at 31 and 19 and just a half game back from that number one seed. Yeah, so they're just a half game behind that number one seed. The Bulls at this point in time, at least last time I checked, those standings are always changing nowadays because, again, it's it's a, they're a half game back. But, but between the one seed and the six seed, we'll get to this in, you know, in just a moment, but there's only a two-game difference between the one seed and the six seed. So those standings are always changing out there in the Eastern Conference. But as I said, maybe it's not a coincidence – that in a year without Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid is having his best season of his career. I think both of us are on the same page. Like, hey, these two guys, we've been saying this, don't fit together. You know, we've kind of been saying this. Yeah. If you're a guy that can't shoot at all in Ben Simmons, it's not and won't. good. It's not good roster construction to have your other star player be – a center who's usually in the paint. Yeah, it just know? doesn't it just doesn't work like that. So you got to get rid of Ben Simmons. I just don't understand what the 76ers are doing. Teams are offering them players that will help this 76ers roster right now right. compete to win the East, which is wide open this year. Yeah. But they're just being too stubborn. Daryl Morey, that's Daryl Morey for you, the man thinking he can outsmart everybody else and get the best deal possible. To be fair, he is one of the better general managers in the league, for sure. Not going to take anything away from him, right? But in a season, as we said, where your, your franchise player is playing the best that he ever has and you guys could end up being the number one seed in, in your respect or respected conference, you're just going to stand pat and say, that's good enough, you know? This is good enough, even though we both agree, I think we do, this is not a championship-caliber roster without making a move and adding to the team. They need just a little bit more here, you know? Yeah, it's a playoff-caliber team. It's a... Maybe a first-round, you know, yeah, to get yeah, out of you that. Can, but. Yeah, and you can hang with anybody in the East, but you're not going to come out of the East with this roster. You need other, at least like top 10 guys at their position, top 15 guys. Like you need, you need to add other guys that are actually playing you basketball. Need a top 30, top 30, all, you know, in the NBA, you need a top 30, top 40 player. You need to add a guy like that. And if you do, maybe you, maybe you can get a top 30, a top 40 player. And then like a top six, maybe you can get two solid guys added to your roster. Maybe get a couple of picks. The thing is they're just being so greedy. They want like, two or three players on top of two or three first-round picks, and no one in their right mind is going to give that up for a guy in Ben Simmons when the last time we saw him play 
was the worst basketball he's played in his career. Guy was literally scared of shooting the basketball. Do I think Ben Simmons is that bad of a basketball player at his best? Obviously, no. This guy's an All NBA, uh, you know, d- defender, an All NBA caliber player, one of the best two way players in the league. He, he can get you 15, 10, or, or 16, 10, and 10, you know, so he, he can do a lot of different things. But there's a reason. You know, the market for him is so low right now. And it's because of that playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks, right? So I do think, I think we both agree, they are somewhat wasting this great season, this MVP caliber season that Joel Embiid is obviously having, you know? So, you know what solution are the 76ers waiting for? Do they really think anybody is going to give them that for let me tell you ben Simmons you know what they're waiting for they're waiting for Damian Lillard they're waiting for James Harden even though James Harden is going to be a clear free agent in this year's offseason and if you want him you can go bid for him and get him in the offseason for nothing you don't have to give up Ben Simmons for for, for James Harden and and as far as you know a sign and trade which they're, they're kind of holding out for at this point in time right why tell me this does it make sense to send a Ben Simmons color player who definitely would fit in Brooklyn. They need a defensive guy, guy to spread the, there's a spread the ball around to their two elite scores and KD and, and, and Kyrie. If Kyrie's playing, obviously in all those games, hope maybe by next season, it's a whole different story, but I'm not making that team better. You know, yeah. a, a, another competitive, another top competitive team in my, in my conference that doesn't make a lot of sense. If anything, I'm sending him out west or I'm sending him to one of those bottom tier teams. I'm not doing Ben Simmons any kind of favors after what he's done to my franchise this season, you know, sitting out all this. Right. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I don't think I, you know, I personally would not hold out. And dating back two years ago, Daryl Morey, when you first signed on, you had a chance to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. You had that chance when he when he was in Houston right before he went he went to Brooklyn. Obviously, he wanted to go to Brooklyn, but they were a hundred percent willing to listen, if not take the Ben Simmons offer. They took it off the table, though. Now they're waiting, wasting this season for the exact same trade they could have had seasons ago. That's frustrating, man. Yeah, I guess are they waiting on Damian Lillard? Like the Trailblazers kind of stink. Is he? No, they get do. Moved? Is he I, getting moved? If I was a trailblazer, if I was running the organization, hey, we've seen this team at its best with Damian Lillard at his best. You're getting swept in the conference finals by a KD-less Golden State Warriors, okay, right? So we know what the ceiling on this team is, and this team is not as good as that team that went to the Western Conference Finals, right? So you've seen it. You've done it. I would I would move everything. I would get a Ben Simmons. I would go and try and get some other nice players for, for a C.J. McCollum. Uh, for 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 a Yusuf Nurkic, you know, trade your big three kind of players, try and get some younger, and then you 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 have a, a guy in Ben Simmons who you can start to build your franchise around, you know. So I think that makes nothing but sense. And they've been they've been terrible defensively for as long as I can remember. Go and get a guy who can you know improve that side of the floor for your team, right? So doesn't make a lot of sense. And and if I was if I was Joel Embiid right now, I'd be pissed. I, I, I would not be happy at my organization, nor a guy in Ben Simmons, but that ship is obviously sailed. He's not coming back to play. As, as far as what they could get, I know the Sacramento Kings, they were super interested in Ben Simmons, but again, they wanted Tyrese Halliburton 
uh, 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 Buddy Heald, multiple three young players, and then three first round picks on top of that. Even even Sacramento, who's a dumpster fire, said no. Okay, and they said we're no longer interested in doing business with you because they're they're asking for so much, and and that's saying something. A team that has nothing to lose. Okay, they're they're still saying no, right? So again, I wouldn't I wouldn't target uh, Brooklyn. They're just you're just making another competitive team even better. I'm looking at Indiana. I'm looking at Indiana, a team who has been vocal and saying, hey, a lot of our players, yeah, we're willing to talk about. We're cool with moving Brogdon, Sabonis, who was an all-star last year, Karis LeVert, a very good young player who can go and get you 28, you know, 18 points on a nightly basis. If I'm, not, I'm saying, hey, give me Brogdon, give me LeVert, you can try to get another pick out of that. But if, if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, that definitely improves my team. And that is, I think, about, if not best case scenario, what you're going to get for Ben Simmons at this point in time. Yeah, I, I think the 76ers are making a gross over, overestimate oh, yeah, of exactly. Ben Simmons' worth. I agree. Uh, and then especially with the emergence of a guy like Tyrese Maxey, you know, you don't need that much. Tyrese has been great this year. He's averaging about 17 points, about almost five assists. 40% from the three-point line, kind of what they hoped Ben Simmons would be, you know, shoot, shooting outside, dishing the ball, stuff like that. Not, nowhere near the defensive player. He's like six foot three, six foot four, obviously, right? But uh, just the other night, just the other night, a great example, Embiid did not play against uh, the Grizzlies. We know how good Memphis has been this year, the third best team in the league. He had 33 points, eight assists, and an overtime win without Embiid against the Grizzlies. This guy can play. You got two guys who can play. You still have Tobias Harris, who's a good complimentary player and get you 18 points, you know, seven rebounds or so. Not the best defensively, obviously, right? But you're right. I, I just don't understand why they're making this decision, wasting the season by Joel Embiid. It's quite frustrating. I would get on the phone with Indiana right now, get two solid players, improve your team. Joel Embiid, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. That's a solid lineup right there. That's a, that's a that's a very and you get Seth Curry coming off the bench. That is a or, or maybe you know you put Seth starting and put one of those guys on the bench, vice versa. But that's a good lineup that definitely helps Joel Embiid. Definitely is frustrating. No, moving on though. While we're talking about the Eastern Conference, as I talked about earlier, you know this, okay? Your your Milwaukee Bucks, right? Right in the thick of it, the Eastern Conference center. Can we call it? Because obviously we love calling it the Eastern Conference, as it has been for a decade for for quite a while lebron has just you know people said the least because he's been able to stroll right through it to to nba finals obviously right but i don't think that's the case anymore yeah i don't either <laughs> i was gonna ask you do you think it's better in the western conference i mean right now heck yeah i do heck, heck yeah the east is better than the west at this point in time right now uh, I think I said this earlier, the one through six seeds. So seed number one, the best team in the East, and then the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference are two games apart from each other. Okay, two games from one and six to give you a little bit uh, of a reference in the Western Conference. Again, this isn't this isn't just the quality. This isn't, you know, the final factor in quality. But in the West, the one through six seeds are 12 games apart. Okay, 12 games or two games. So 
the the East is so much closer, so much more competitive right now uh, than the Western Conference. You're looking, uh, you're looking at the Bulls, the Heat, the Sixers, the Cavs, your Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets. Last time I checked, we're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, right? They're the sixth seed. That is a very good, in my opinion, the best conference in basketball. It's it's not like they all have bad records. It goes from 31 and 18 down to 29 and 20. But not you know, very good records at this point in time in the season, right? So it's tough. Uh, but when you're looking at those six teams, obviously a couple stand out. I did not expect Cleveland. <laughs> I think we've talked about yeah, this, but I, uh, obviously this good, this good, this far into the season, definitely super shocking. But they have an all-star and Darius Garland. I think Jared Allen, I don't know if he's gonna make it, but definitely, you know, capable of making an all-star team. Evan, you know, a Mobley has been great. So they, they, they've been, you know, Kevin Love has, has come off the bench and has bought into that veteran role that kind of scored to come out uh, again off the bench. Right. And we know former all-star, former champion, Kevin Love accepting that role. That, that's, that's a super good roster. I don't think they're capable of winning the Eastern conference, but I think they could win a first round series kind of similar uh, to Atlanta last year. Right. No one really yeah. got Atlanta to go to the, to the Eastern conference finals. Yet there they were playing the Milwaukee bucks. Right. So, Cleveland, Philly. I didn't expect Philly to be this good, especially without a guy in Ben Simmons. That's all because of, of the obviously the emergence of, of, of Maxi's help, but Embiid is the MVP this year by himself, le- leading the league in scoring near, nearly the number one seed, you know, basically all by himself, right? But yes, Tanner, long answer. I do think that's the best conference. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. You just looking at record wise, the I, you could say I feel like I'm conflicted to say it's the best conference because I feel like the best teams are in the West. The okay, Suns, yes. the Warriors, Those are the, are the two best, best teams. Be- two yes. best teams. They're more then, top heavy, but the East is deeper. Yeah, but the East has, I would put, so you got Memphis, you got Utah as the next two teams in the, in the West. Yeah. West. They're like in the same tier as those one through six teams in the East. Yeah, but then there's a big drop off after that. So it's just, it's tough to say, but I would say it's definitely deeper. You can't argue that it's not deeper, but yeah, to say it's better, it's tough because the best teams are still in the West. Right. The two best teams in the league are out there. But again, I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets, the you know, the firepower on that roster, and they're still the sixth seed in these recovery. It just shows how deep, how close it is, how competitive it is in comparison to the West, where like those top seeds, I'm more than likely saying they're they're gonna move on in the first round. I'm I'm predicting, you know, Memphis or not Memphis, uh uh Phoenix and Golden State. I think that's going to be the Western Conference Finals. You know, I, I, that that that's what I'm believing. And, and, but as as for the Eastern Conference, any one of those six teams, I could see making it to the Conference Finals. Honestly, I really could. It depends on matchups. Obviously, we'll see if the Cavs can keep it up. A lot of guys who have never been in the postseason, but it was the same thing with the Hawks last year, right? So, yeah, and I don't think I don't think very I don't know anyone that had the Bulls being this good either. No, you talked about the Cavs. Like the Bulls have been a huge surprise too. Like the cat, they're more talented than the Cavs. I think a lot of people predicted that, but yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone predicted them to be the one seed. 
I didn't. I think I predicted like the six seed at, at, at best, something like that, right? So, and you thought you were taking a swing, and that was a swing, exactly. Some people were saying, you know, signing Demar Derozan was the worst signing of the offseason. So I, I wasn't one of those people, but I certainly didn't see, you know, a team last year who wasn't even close to making the playoffs being the number one seed overnight. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> we definitely did not see that one coming. They have been, a, you know, a big surprise for sure. For sure they have. But when you're looking at – so as of right now, as of right now, if, if the playoffs started today, and I know the playing tournament, who knows who's going to make it, but from the one through eight seeds today, these would be the series. The Bulls and the Raptors. Raptors are very scrappy, competitive team. Obviously, DeMar has quite the history with the Raptors, right? So Bulls, Raptors, that's interesting. Heat and Hornets. Okay, right? Nice young gun team in the Hornets with Melo Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, right? All playing super good. And the veteran, you know, deep roster in Miami, the Sixers and the Nets. That'd be a great series. Maybe James Harden switching teams, and you know, in the offseason. <laughs> and then your cat, or sorry, your Bucks taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those are some pretty good series right there, man, at this point in time. Yeah, I feel like almost any of those series could go either way, but... I mean, besides like the the Raptors, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying the Raptors are gonna are gonna upset the Bulls unless the Bulls can't get healthy. They have had so many injuries and COVID protocols. They honestly are, are, are one of the most unlucky teams in the league at this point in time, right? But the East no longer that's the testament league. to them though to still be the number one seed after all that. That that's a hundred percent right. Hey, your guy, um, what's his name? Io. Io Desumo. He's. Rising Stars, man. He he made the cut for the Rising Stars. I saw he has the most 10 assist games since Derrick Rose as, as a Bulls rookie, right? So he's playing really good. That was your sleeper pick in the draft, and it's paying off. You, you kind of hit that one right on the nose there. I was playing super good so far this year. Definitely has the future in this league as a, as a, as a two-way player. Lastly, though, lastly, you know I got to bring up my team, my Golden State Warriors, my guy, two-way wig, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, as I was saying, an all-star this year. I was definitely saying, I think I said this weeks ago on the podcast, Andrew Wiggins should be an all-star. But the big shocker coming in is Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. Okay, he is starting in the all-star game. So, Tanner... As a non-Warriors guy, obviously I've seen pretty much every Warriors game this season, so I know he's more likely. But as, you know, a Warrior casual, I should say, what are you thinking, you know, with your first initial reaction to Andrew Wiggins making the All-Star uh, starting lineup? I don't agree with that. I don't think he should be an All-Star starter. I think he's an All-Star. I think okay. he's the Western Conference front court isn't incredibly loaded. It is not at all. So it kind of makes sense. He's probably may might be next up, but Rudy Gobert is having a better season than Andrew Wiggins is. He should be in the all-star starting lineup over Andrew Wiggins. Hey, one guy can be a defensive liability. One guy has been the best defensive small forward in the league this year. That's none of my business, but again, I think he should have been an all. I think he should be an all star. I thought I didn't expect all star starter. We gave our all star starters like last week or two weeks ago, and he was not in my lineup, obviously, right? But 
there's a there's a little bit of too much hate going on. You know, I can accept a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little, but it's, it's been too much hate on my guy. As I said, he's been the number one small forward defensively this season, according to, to defensive ratings. He's the second best defensive forward in general behind your guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's pretty high praise, if, if you ask me. He's right behind Giannis for defensive rating this year. Leading the Warriors in three-point percentage. We know how many great three-point shooters were on that Warrior team. He's leading all of them in three-point percentage at 41.6%, which is also a career high for him. And the Warriors are the second-best team in basketball, right? Second-best team in basketball right now. I dare to say they're number one, but record-wise, they're number two. He's been the most consistent player on the Warriors all season long. We know the slump that Steph has kind of gotten into. I'll talk about that here in just a moment but he's been the most consistent player on the second best team in the league this year getting back to his defense as well i said he's the he's the number one small forward defensively number two uh forward as far as power forward and, and small forward defensively right behind Giannis, and he's got the 11th best defensive rating in the nba so i definitely think he's you know worthy of being an all-star all-star starter Name me this. Do you think Rudy Gobert is there? I, I saw some some you know some real smart guys saying Luka Doncic or, or 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 Devin Booker. Tell tell the audience why that couldn't work, please. Uh, because they're guards, and, and who, it's front uh, yeah. court and back court, so they <laughs> I, that, can't uh, replace him. Because if they could, they would have. If, it'd be all guards. You, you, like you don't think <laughs> you don't think Luka would get in over Andrew Wiggins. Exactly. But like Devin Booker. Can't. Exactly. That's why. You're like, and, and you're not putting them over John Morant or Steph yeah. Curry. That's yeah, what it exactly. comes down to, you know? And Andrew Wiggins, he got the nod over Rudy Gobert. I didn't know there were so many Rudy Gobert fans out there. <laughs> Honestly, and if there were, no, there aren't. You know why? Because if there were, Rudy Gobert would be in the All-Star game because people would have voted for him. Sorry, Wiggins has fans. That's what. It, or, or if you're so mad, change the voting process that's what it comes down to so wiggins all-star starter i'm a hundred percent behind i had i had my doubts at first all-star starter two-way wigs i i am a hundred percent bought in super happy for him one of the nicest guy in the league too just been she's been thrilled you, you literally couldn't wipe the smile off that guy's face since last week when it was announced and since then he's playing even better He's playing even better since it was announced, right? So hopefully that's a trajectory he continues on. I'm cool with it, Tanner not so much. Either way, he's going to be in Cleveland February 20th playing with the best players in the world. That should boost his confidence. Like, it is a little weird, Andrew Wiggins, you know, with LeBron James and Nicole Jokic and Steph Curry. One of these things is not like the other. Yes, what, fine, 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 fine. But I am cool with it at the same time. For the reasons I just listed. Now on to my other guy, the other all-star starter on Golden State. There's no question he hasn't been playing his best ball recently, right? He, uh, in, in the month of January, the last month of the NBA season, he's averaging 38% from the floor and only 33% from the three-point line. And for Steph Curry, yes, that is without a doubt how high we hold him to standards. That is a slump, okay? Without a doubt, that is a slump for Steph Curry. And, I'm feeling though right now, Tanner. I feel like that slump is about over. He said he didn't have the best month, but what I've been seeing from him the last several performances, dating back to that Minnesota game when they first announced the All Star starters, he had 28, 
eight and six on 50% from the floor and 60% from the three point line. Again, he didn't play that great against, against Brooklyn, but in the fourth quarter, Steph and clay scored the final 17 points for golden state ended up getting the win, obviously. Right. So showed up when it mattered most. And then most recently, the last game he played in against Houston, you finally got the sense that, Hey, Steph Curry is playing the way he was back in November. Okay, back back when the, when the season just started hitting the shots, the insane step back threes, he had the ball in his hands more. Don't even get me started on Steve Kerr. I'll get there in, in just a moment. But the game against Houston, 40 points, nine assists, five rebounds, seven threes, over 50% shooting from the floor and from the three-point line. What people really aren't realizing this point in time is he's had injuries to both of his hands, nearly broke one of his fingers on his left hand, fell on his right hand. So that one nearly broke when he fell on it as well. And then as far as Steve Kerr goes, he changed the rotation. Usually he plays 12-6-12-6 in, the four, in, in those four quarters, obviously. So the first quarter plays all 12, second quarter only plays six, third, 12, fourth plays six. Should have been eight instead of six in the fourth. But obviously, Steph was comfortable there. He had, he had a lot of prior success, two-time MVP, a lot of prior success playing in that rotation, that style. But Steve Kerr just, just had to change it up this summer. It, it's completely random. It's completely random. It feels like every time Steph gets some momentum going, boom, there's Steve Kerr pulling him and putting him on the bench. Not usually what you see from your star player and their head coach, right? And then, as I was saying, everyone's saying, He's having such a terrible year. He can't be the MVP or even in the MVP conversation. Tanner, he still has the most 40-point games this year. So has, you know, has the most high-scoring game this year. He's tied with Embiid. So him and Embiid have the have the best scoring performances out of anybody. Yeah, it's really six. He has six 40-plus okay. point games so far this season. He leads the league. In, in, in total three-pointers, he's having such a bad three-point slump. Yeah, he leads the, the second-best guy by 50. By 50 three-pointers, okay? He's at about 225. Next guy's about 175. 53 is he leads the second-best guy in. He's still averaging 26, you know, nearly 27 points per game. His, his assists are at a career high, six assists per game, five rebounds about per game, over a steal and a half per game. His defense, he's playing the best defense he has in his entire career. That goes unnoticed. Steph's slump year, my final statement, Steph's slump year is your best, is your favorite player's best season not you tanner specifically i know that's Giannis. so i'm not gonna say that people listening you're doubting steph yeah this season is better than your favorite player's best season yet i i i i would bet on that right so everyone's saying he's had such a bad year look at the stats look at everything take it into consideration he's you know he's playing fine he's playing fine and as i said the slump 38% from, from the field goal range and, or, and, and 33% from three. I think he's snapping it. He's getting used to the rotation. His hands are healing. 40 points and seven threes against Houston. You saw the confidence get back. I think the slump is over, and I'm, I think we are bound for an even better Steph Curry in the second half here in, in the second half of the NBA season. So there's my warrior. You know, I got in my soapbox. There's my spiel. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, but but either way, that's what's going on. Wiggins should be an all star. Either way, either way, I'm sitting pretty. We got two guys starting in the all star game. Name another team that's got that. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> we might even have three all stars if Raymond Green makes the all star game. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think Andrew Wiggins is an all-star. I just don't think he's the he should be the starter. That's fair. You know, I, I get that, but people saying he shouldn't be an all-star. Those guys are not watching. Those, those, are, those That's what we call casuals. Those are, the, those are the casuals in the NBA world, obviously, right? But it's exciting. You know, we're getting close to the trading deadline. So as far as the Ben Simmons situation goes, we're going to have a definite yes or no. I believe next Thursday, I think next Thursday, next Friday is, is, is going to be sometime next week is going to be that trade. I think, I think February 10th and then about a week or so, a little over a week after that will be the all-star game, seeing Wiggins and Steph. You know, all, you know all, the, all the best players in the world, obviously, playing. I can't say it with a straight face, but playing together. I'm looking forward to it. But, Tanner, one week away, sorry, about two weeks or a week and a half from the Super Bowl, right? So, week and a half? Yeah, yeah, week and a half. You, you're excited for the Pro Bowl? Uh, no. Mac, I'm excited to see Mac Jones in the oh, Pro Bowl. Oh, shut up, dude. That's That's criminal. Mac Jones isn't isn't uh that just shows that thing that's a dumpster fire, man. They're not even they're not even playing, they're out there playing two-hand touch practically because no one wants to get hurt. It's not even a real game. Just go have a skills competition or something like that, something fans actually want to see. Um, I don't know about you. I will not even be tuning in for a second <laughs> for, for the NFL Pro Bowl. I won't even be tuning in, not for not for a minute. Not giving them the satisfaction of putting that crap out there and saying people are going to watch it anyway. No, that's how Jerry Jones does it sometimes. Jerry Jones does that sometimes. Uh, I don't care. Mike McCarthy's the coach. They're they're gonna they're gonna watch anyway. They're gonna buy jerseys anyway. No, we're not, Jerry. That's just my my quick cowboy tangent there for a minute. We'll see what they do in the offseason. Man, come on, Cowboys. Either way, Tanner, a lot happened this week. It was a great week for sports. Your guy, Tom Brady, walking away from the NFC, hopefully, or from football, also the NFC. Hopefully, Aaron Rodgers does the same, clearing a little bit of a path for my for, for America's team, uh, America's quarterback, and Dak Prescott, obviously. <laughs> I'm just I shaking my head over I here. Got to. Uh, either way, man, hey, it's a great show. Thanks for being here with me. Everyone, I want to follow, I want to urge you to go follow us on social media. Go check us out on Twitter, dudes talking underscore pod on Instagram, dudes underscore talking underscore pod on any platform you're listening on. Leave us a comment, a review, uh, a rating, whatever the, the platform allows. We would appreciate your feedback. But Tanner, I think that's it for this week's episode, my man. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you all for the continued support. We'll see you next week. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner Filed.
said you were upset at the you know, for the season ending. Let's open it with you. What, what are your first thoughts? What are your thoughts now? We've got about a day now to think about it. It's not an interesting move. I don't know if it <laughs> title changes in any way. I don't know if it makes the team any better. coming back and playing the playoffs or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's and never been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. Go cars for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, Dude's Talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.